Welcome to the Ketones and Coffee Podcast with Lawrence Munaig, where we explore the ketogenic lifestyle and how it can improve your physical and mental health. Each week, we bring you valuable insights and advice from experts to help you on your journey to a healthier lifestyle. This episode is brought to you by BasicKetogenicLifestyle.com, where Lawrence coaches individuals with depression to reverse their symptoms and achieve a healthier, happier life using an evidence-based approach. So sit back, relax, and join us as we dive deep into the world of ketones and coffee. Subscribe to the Ketones and Coffee podcast today and never miss an episode. I would like to announce that I am now on Patreon. And as a patron, you can listen to my episodes ad-free, plus highlights-only episodes from my previous episodes. Not only that, you can also get a 50% discount privilege when you subscribe to Basic KetoBox and more. You can check it out at patreon.com slash ketonesandcoffee. Alright guys. Hey guys, this is Lawrence, and welcome back to the Ketones and Coffee Podcast, and thank you so much for tuning in. I know everyone here that's listening are here because we want to create a sustainable, healthy lifestyle through the ketogenic diet, and every single week I try to bring in guests that not only has the knowledge, but these individuals have also been through the same trials that we all have been through when it comes down to our search for a better health. We get together in hopes to assist you on your own journey. So excited for this, guys. Stick around because our guest today is a lifestyle business mentor. He is an award-winning digital thought leader, a distinguished Toastmaster, and a keynote speaker. Also a former partner, a chief operating officer of a multi-million dollar retail company, and a sought-after lifestyle mentor and an executive performance coach. He has also written a book titled The Whole Life Fitness Manifesto that provides mindfulness practices and personal development that comes with complete with quick and easy-to-do equipment-free workouts for any age. We're not done. This guy is a super dad, dating his wife. Love that. Um, With a lead-by-example way of living and a contagious personality who is on a mission to possibly, positively impact one million role models around the globe to lead a functionally fit life through education, encouragement, and community. I'm so excited for this. I'm here with Dai. Manuel Dai, welcome Hello. to the show. Hey, Lorenz. It's, uh, uh, it's, actually, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. I know we've had some um, rescheduling and some conflicts with, with this timing, but I, I knew it just meant it, it was going to be that much more special when we finally connected. So <laughs> I, I'm honored to be here with you as well as uh, anybody who's watching or listening to this. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> hey, no, I am so happy to have you on. I know we've had uh, a few... Uh, rescheduling but uh it's meant to be we're here um you know we're here because we want to impact you know a a lot of people's lives and you you certainly did that with your uh profession with your career um but here we're here to talk about your journey and um this passion you have for health and fitness has really got you to a place where it now allows you to create the same change in other people you know um your mission is to help, you know, a lot of people, you know, thousands of people that you already already helped, uh, you know, take that initial step because that that's for, that for me is the most. Um, it's simple, but it's not easy to take that initial step into recognizing that it is a simple choice that we have to make in our lives. And I always say this um, that no, we we say it's easy, we say it's simple, but 
it, it doesn't equal easy. If if it has if it was easy, then we wouldn't have a a health epidemic. And we all know that um, we want to do it. You know, we want to win in life. We want things. We all want things to be better. Um, but how do we actualize these things into our reality, right? So that's why you're here. I want to get your take on that later. But first, I want you to uh, introduce yourself to our listeners. You're a guy that's uh, accomplished so many things in your career, but I understand that it didn't start this way for you. You had to come into your own as well and face yourself in the mirror and create that change. What was your relationship with food leading up, leading up to that transformational moment? So... Um. Yeah. Give us a little uh, uh, brief uh, intro about you. Oh well, thanks, Lawrence, and I appreciate the context. You sort of setting the stage there. You know, it's uh, change is an interesting thing. It, it's we often think we want it, but when we find ourselves navigating change and in the thick of it, like right in the middle of change, we, we become very change averse. <laughs> you know, in the moment we're like, oh, yep. I know I wanted this, but do I really want it? You know, because because mm-hmm. change is hard. It's yeah. it's not necessarily easy, as you said. Mm-hmm. It might be simple in process, yeah. in concept, uh, but but not easy to attain. Nor, especially when it comes to health, to sustain. Mm-hmm. Especially when you look at the diet culture that permeates, uh, well, North American culture for sure, but it's definitely uh, trickling over into other mm-hmm. um, uh, cultures as well. You know, I, 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 you know, after I exited my last business, uh, the family and I traveled for five years full time as I was transitioning fully into the online space. And during that time, we lived in Bali, Indonesia for two and a half years and traveled Southeast Asia quite extensively. And and I'll tell you, like, it's amazing to see the influence of North American culture within that Southeastern culture as well, right? Southeastern Asia. And and it's just a sign of things to come, you know? And so that's why it's more important for people to have podcasts like yourself and educating, but also inviting people to try new things. Um, for myself, you know, even though I've been in the health and wellness industries for, for almost 28 years, you know, since I was 17 mm-hmm. years old, I've been working in health and well-being, uh, really just trying to help people facilitate their own changes, lifestyle changes mm-hmm. specifically. But that always starts with the mental shift, right? And then yes. the physical sort of follows after. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't come to it naturally. Uh, from the age of 9 to, to 14, almost 15, I, I was what was, would be classified medically as morbidly obese. I was very, very overweight as a child. And that was because, you know, I, I, I could unpack all the trauma and, and what was mm-hmm. sort of the triggers leading up to that. Yeah. But bottom line, I learned how to mm-hmm. manage my stress, anxiety, and overwhelm through food, video games, and movies. Mm. Watched a lot of TV and movies, played a lot of video games. So I was getting that dopamine hit, right? And I was getting that, that affirmation that I feel good doing these things, mm-hmm. even though health-wise, mm-hmm. it was compounding in a very negative mm-hmm. way. Because then you add in the fact that I was not so much overeating, but it was the choice of foods that I was eating. Mm. You know, I I was eating a lot of foods that were very rich in calories, Mm -hmm. but very poor in nutrition value. And you can imagine, I do that. Anybody does that for five years consistently, you can expect that your health is going to go out the window. And that's what I experienced. And I got to a place at 15 where I was more afraid, Lorenz, of the idea of not changing Mm -hmm. than the idea of change. So you see, I was actually more afraid of staying as I was because I had to admit to myself at 15, being morbidly obese, feeling depressed, withdrawn, isolated, not liking my life, not liking myself. Mm-hmm. You know, there I was and I was like, man, I know in reality, 
if I don't do anything, mm. it's not going to be better than I am right now. Mm. Things are only going to progressively get worse because I noticed that over the last five years leading up to that, it had got worse, 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 worse. Mm. And uh, that set in motion a, a journey that lasted about 20 months. Well, uh, to be fair, it's it's I'm mm. still on that journey. Um, but it started with a 20-month uh reconnection to myself you know prioritizing self-care learning about health nutrition mindsets mm. uh especially phys- fitness and, and ways to train and more importantly how to manage stress and so that that was a, a very enlightening period and, and just to, to end this story real quick because i think it opens up to what we're talking about today is you know <laughs> i mm. i found myself in a place where all of a sudden, I had friends and friends of friends, but more importantly, friends of my parents that would come around the house to see me at 17 years of age, a teenager, you know, someone that still had fairly low self-esteem and I was still struggling mentally based on all the physical stuff I was going through, you know, because even though I had changed my physicality, I'll be fair that I hadn't really changed my mindset yet. I was still mm-hmm. thinking of myself as that morbidly obese teenager. And here was the thing. These adults were coming around the house, like people that were more than twice my age. And they were coming around not to see my parents, but to see me, Mm. to ask me for guidance, for mentorship, for coaching, Mm. to help them start to navigate health and well-being changes for Mm. themselves. And Lorenz, I I was hooked. I got bit Mm. by the coaching and mentorship bug right then and there at 17. Mm. And I've been doing it ever since in different capacities. Wow. And, uh, and that's why, you know, in in my intro there, you you did mention that I want to inspire a million role models because the the most effective way that we all learn, Mm -hmm. there's two ways, you know, the brain is not wired to be happy, but it is wired to learn. And the two most effective ways that we learn is through modeling. So, doing Mm. good habits that Mm. we've seen others do and trying to do them ourselves, Mm. but also mentorship, Mm. having someone that's a teacher, a parent, Mm. a guide, a coach, uh, you know, someone that maybe is a few steps ahead of the journey that we're wanting to take. Mm. And they're able to to Mm. say, Hey, don't worry. I'm just a week ahead of you, Mm. but here's some ideas and things to consider when you come mm. traveling this next week because, you know, I tripped a few times and mm. uh, here's those potholes that I, I want you to avoid. And that's where mentors can be really enlightening and helpful. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that brings us to, to where we are today. You know, fast yeah. forward, I'm 45 now and my teenagers, kids are, are little human beings at 17 and 19. <laughs> and I've been dating my wife for 22 years. And listen, man, I'm all about just helping people live their best awesome. life and get out of their own way. Yeah, you know? that's awesome you said yeah. that at the end there because um, – you know, our environment and our conditioning is, you know, fairly the cause of our relationship with food. And um, without you taking control, you know, on, of your own health, of your own life, of your own habits, you're going to fall into the same categories as, you know, your environment. Whoever, whatever everybody does around you is, um, and you're lucky that, you know, um, you had, uh that lifestyle transformational uh, mindset shift, you know, at that age that you were able to uh, manifest into this uh, life that you're living now, man, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy for you that uh, that happened for you. And at the end of the day, yeah, it comes down to our choices, right? And are we making the right choice? Are we making uh, to create this change, right? Are we making better choices for our mind and body? Like every, like everything that you said, mindset, for me, had to change first, right? Mm-hmm. You know, wanting to be healthy has always been something I strive for. 
Um, but some days I am, you know, but some days I forget why I do it, right? <laughs> I talk about yeah. sustainable lifestyle all, all the time and, you know, that is what keto has done for me. You know, low carb, you know, no, no carb, whatever you want to call it. This is sustainable for me and this allowed me to thrive and make better choices for myself and it took, it took a great amount of anxiety and depression for me before I got up and faced myself in the mirror. Um, but sometimes it takes a life-changing event, a point of desperation before we realize how, how we actually uh, want to make a change because we, we can't do what you've always done and expect different, right? Um, things happen for us and, things, and, and, and not to us, I, I want to say. Um, sometimes you have to be shook to realize it. And I've read some of the testimonials from your program um, why do you think your program has helped people spring into action? Because um, a, a, lot of, a, lot, a lot of us want change and uh, we, we would change for a little bit, but staying consistent is different. So what, why do you think uh, your clients or the people around you um, is, is guided by this uh, principle that you have that they just want to do, they just want to jump into action right away? Hey guys, let me tell you about this delivery service that's been a total game changer for my lifestyle. Did you know that it's now possible to get local fresh groceries delivered right at your doorstep? Well, Instacart gives you unlimited grocery delivery for one low monthly fee. And if I can avoid buying non-keto friendly items from supermarkets who psychs you into buying unhealthy foods, plus if it saves me a lot of time and money, sign me up. Instacart is hand-selected by shoppers based on your preferences, so no more rock-hard avocados, and they will keep your eggs safe too. And Instacart will find everything you usually buy and get smart suggestions for new items. And you can get your first order today delivered for free when you purchase over $35 by following the link on the show notes below to let Instacart know that I sent you and to help to support the show. Instacart, never step foot in the grocery store again. You know, thanks for asking. It, here's the thing. Um, programs, when we sort of mention it that way, and I, I think that's the easiest way to sort of describe it, but we think about blueprints, right? Mm, we, we think yep. about design, process, right? Mm. Um, when you align passion with purpose, mm. and then you piggyback that through a process, you know, yes, I'm using alliteration here. It helps people remember things. <laughs> passion, purpose, process. But a lot of times people aren't necessarily feeling passionate towards their life. You know, they get to a place where I know where I was, feeling depressed and withdrawn, mm -hmm. overly anxious, uh, also dealing with, with uh, social anxiety, um, which is really funny because now I work as an extrovert, but I'm naturally introverted. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, yes, my extroversion is a choice um, because I want to make an impact. I want to help people. And mm -hmm. I know for me to do that, I had to overcome that fear yeah. of speaking in yeah. public, that fear of yeah. getting in front of people. Mm -hmm. It's still there, though. Believe me. <laughs> Before I speak in front of an audience, my hands are sweating, my heart's palpitating. <laughs> uh, I'm usually hyperventilating. But, hey, I've learned how to channel that in a positive way. Um, but but here's the thing, right? Like. It, it's all about a lifestyle. Mm. It's not a program. Programs have set start and finish dates, which is nice because we can wrap our minds around short-term mm. commitments. But we have to think about mm. lifestyle is not a short-term commitment. Lifestyle is for life. 
And learning a way that can sustain us to not only survive, but to thrive throughout life, no matter what is coming at us, mm. right? Because, you know, <laughs> I don't have to use any cliches to describe this, but we know stuff happens mm. and not great things happen in our lives. It's, it's just not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. Yeah. And when we have our health in a good place, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, I'm talking holistic health here, and also mm -hmm. financial health. Because so much stress and anxiety, and when I look at the global impact of finance, you know, we have to be fi financially responsible. So many people are leveraging their future to pay for something now. Mm. You know, they're, they're using money they don't even have to buy something right now that's probably been fueled based on consumerism and marketing. Uh -huh. And they're buying stuff they don't need and they don't really want, but they think it's going to fill some void. And I find a lot of times we're just ignoring what the main symptom is or problem. Sorry, we're, we're identifying a symptom, trying to solve that without going down to the root cause. And a lot of that is we're, we're not feeling very fulfilled with our lives at times. And we feel stress, we feel overwhelmed, and we don't have any systems or, or, or rituals, habits in place mm -hmm. to manage that. And so where's that stress go? You know, it, it just amasses. And, and we have to learn for ways to get rid of it. And unfortunately, a lot of the times we go to things that provide us instant gratification, but don't provide us sustained long-term results. Mm. So that means crash dieting. It means doing programs that we know we can't sustain for our life, but we can do it short enough to, to get fit enough that I look good in my wedding dress on my wedding day. Or, oh, I got a summer vacation. Man, I really want to take my shirt off at the beach, but I feel embarrassed, so yeah. maybe I just want to lose a few pounds before I go away. That's you know, these one. goals are so superficial. And I'm sorry, I'm not here to cast judgment because I've had the same superficial <laughs> skin deep, right? Barely skin deep goals. And we have to start to really look internally for what is our, our intrinsic motivation. What is our main reason, our why, yeah. Yeah. our purpose mm -hmm. for wanting to live a healthy life? And I'm talking about longevity. I want people to live a long, healthy life. But you need vitality. Because just to be 100 years old and bound to a chair for mm. the rest of your days, I would argue is not the highest quality of life possible. <laughs> so what are we doing now to ensure that that future self is the healthiest version possible? Yeah. And, and so what I teach to people and what I provide them is, is just a starting point. As you mentioned before, you know, you help people get started. You sort of meet them where they're at. You know, you talked about that first step. Well, I always uh, use an analogy similar to that, but I talk about I'm here to open a door for people. And I can tell them what they can expect on the other side of that door. I can talk all day long about that. Like a lot of the marketing out there talks about the results that people can expect. But what they're saying is you walk through this door and you start to do these sort of steps, you can probably expect similar results. It's not always guaranteed, but I know if people start to do certain things every day, mm -hmm. like start to move their body with a bit of purpose, start to practice a little bit of mindful meditation or mindfulness so they become aware of some of the subconscious habits that they don't believe are mm -hmm. there, but they are. And it's usually the things that are derailing us, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, nighttime, emotional snacking. Yeah. That's a huge one. Mm -hmm. You know, eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. It's like, you know, it's bedtime, but we're going to the fridge anyways. We're not hungry, mm -hmm. but, but there's a psychological element drawing us to eat something. And it's often an emotional drive. And so that's one of those, uh, uh, you know, subconscious habits that, you know, unless we become mindful and aware of it, it's really hard to change something when we don't even know that it's something that needs to be changed. And, and so that mindfulness. And then lastly, 
personal slash professional development. Focused effort every day to educate ourselves on positive perspectives and shifting our belief or our mindset to be more inviting, positive, especially when it comes to our own lives. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, you can call it growth mindset if you want to take a page from Carol Dweck's teachings, you know, around uh, growth versus fixed mindset. Sure, that's, that's, I I think, a good way to look at it, you know. Um, But those are the basics. And once we understand the basics and we start to practice them, Mm -hmm. and here's the cool thing, Lawrence, we start to see results. It's like, wow, I'm not actually working that hard. I'm not following any real specific program, but I've started to do a couple little habits and I'm doing them frequently and consistently. And look what's happening. I'm waking up in the morning and I actually feel like the last night's sleep, I actually feel rested, Mm, you know? I feel energetic. Some of the aches and pains are going away. Oh, you know what? Normally when I have this kind of a challenging conversation with my spouse, I'd be stressed out, feeling anxious and angry, or I'm not now. I can Mm. have the tough conversation and still keep a cool, collected, present mind. So these are just a few of the things, and that's the basics, you know, Mm. moving your body with purpose every day, learning to nourish yourself, fuel yourself to thrive, not simply survive. And then lastly, learning to be mindful of the habits that are either limiting you, so you can stop doing those as much, or recognize the things that you're not doing that you know by doing them are going to bring you forward towards that future self that's going to be your healthiest, happiest version. Mm. And, and that's it, you know? And so, yeah, I, I could say it's a program. It's not, really. Mm-hmm. I'm just educating people on the basics that, yeah. I, I, you know, if they start doing them, I know good things are going to happen. But here's the thing. It's accountability in a community. That's what people need. Yeah. We need a place to belong, and we need someone to be there to say, hey, you said that this is important to you. Is it still important to you? Why or why not, you know? And, uh, and, and so that's really it. Now, again, I've been doing this for 28 years, so it's morphed a lot and evolved mm-hmm. a lot based on working with literally thousands of people, you know, mm. thousands of people. And, and, you know, anecdotal evidence, sure, yeah. uh, but also real-life data that I've been able to track and see. And, uh, you know, depending on the demographics of where people are coming from, yes, some people have mm. a lot of deep-rooted habits that <laughs> aren't easily changed, but they can be changed. Mm. And science, neuroscience specifically, has shown that the brain is what's called uh, plasticity. It's got this plastic yeah. nature to it. And yeah, we can rewrite our brain and create new habits and override old ones. But people always ask me, how long does it take? And I'm like, as long as it takes, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, there's no exact science or number to it. We're impatient. How long does it take? Yeah. Like, it's a lifestyle, right? Give me a pill and uh, everything will be good, right? And I'm like, yeah, no, it doesn't exist. Um, But if it did, would people opt for it? Yeah, of course they would. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants a shortcut, you know? Yeah. Accountability is a huge part of it. Um, Mm -hmm. Mindfulness is is one thing to make to create that awareness in your life right um yeah so if you take us back what's an easy lifestyle change that you did for yourself in the beginning when you're starting Mm. well i'll be full fully honest with you lawrence i had a really low Mm self-esteem a very low self-opinion um Mm -hmm. I mean, there's like one photo of me I can find back then, and it's in my book, and it's also my website where I have this picture of me in a in a redskin shirt. They're no longer called the Washington Redskins; they've changed the name, of course. Um, but back then, you know, I had that shirt on, and it was like triple XL, right? And I'm sitting in a chair with my arms crossed because I'm trying to hide my belly and my my man boobs. Okay, like literally, I was so self conscious, and that's the only photo I can find of me in that that state. Uh, Because I was very good at avoiding cameras. 
and avoiding social situations because I, I just I didn't like to be around people. Mm. I always felt people were judging me. And so based on where I was, you can imagine the idea of going to a gym. Hell no. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I am not going to a gym. I mean, let alone all those mirrors and all those people. Forget about it. But I wanted to make changes. So I started to rattle my brain because when I started to research in the books, and my kids are like, why don't you just Google it, Dad? Because your dad's older than Google. Um, but, you know, I went to the library, I got books, and I started to educate myself. And I realized that fitness, moving your body with a bit of purpose, meaning purposeful movement to create a, a positive response or adaptation. And what I mean by that is, yeah, when we do hard things, Mentally, it benefits us because we realize, wow, yeah. I can do hard things. But yeah. also when we do uncomfortable things, we realize, hey, you know what? I didn't die. It's okay. Mm. You know, I got yeah. up on stage in front of thousands of people. Oh, I didn't die. Yeah. Woo! Okay, well, that's out of the way, you know. Uh, and so for me back then, it was, I need to start moving every day. And for, I remember it as a kid, I used to love riding my bike. Mm. So I asked my parents to say, hey, can I get a bike? I want a bike. I'll go for a bike every day. And, you know, when we were just coming into summer, so it was perfect timing. Because biking was an isolated exercise I could do on my own. I could do it away from public eye. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I knew I enjoyed doing. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I started doing. I started mm -hmm. cycling every day. Mm -hmm. You know, it started as a 20-minute ride. Mm -hmm. And then it got to 30, and then eventually got to an hour. And eventually, I even got it to a point where I was doing once or twice a week a 90-minute bike ride. You know? And, mm -hmm. and that was what I did. And then I started yeah. to change how I eat. Mm -hmm. Those two little subtle shifts, those two things, it, it sounds really minor, but yeah. over time, it compounded to make all the change that I wanted. But here's the thing. It eventually got to a point where I wasn't thinking about it anymore. I was just doing it. It was like breathing to me. It became the new subconscious way of me living my life, the way I was eating, mm. the way I was moving, and then my confidence started to grow. And yeah. when it started to grow, I wanted to then start to, to make further changes, and I realized I had to do some resistance training, some weight training to put muscle mass on because that would increase my metabolism. It would make me feel better. It would make me feel stronger. I knew it would also help me with my confidence. So I eventually started going to the gym, but it wasn't until about six months after starting mm. the, 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 the process. And, uh, and that was sort of how I got started. Mm. And then it, it's morphed into lots of different things because here's the thing. When that foundation of health is in place and you're feeling good about your health, your ability and likelihood of saying yes to people inviting you to do things, especially physical things or more challenging things, you're more likely to say yes. Mm -hmm. You're going to experience way more out of your life when you have a good connection to your health. Mm. Because people will know this. You know, I've, I've asked people to go out for a hike with me and they're like, well, how yeah. long's the hike? And I'm like, oh, it'd be, you know, maybe five or six kilometers in total. We might be out for an hour or two. Ooh. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think so. I don't think I can do that. Or I used to ask people, hey, why don't you come to one of my stores? We'll have a workout. I used to run these Sunday Fundays. We get like 100 people out every Sunday morning. My wife and I would coach them for free. And it was just our way of giving back to the community. And, and we'd always invite people. We had all different ages, different sizes, different shapes, different yeah. ethnicities. Like it was just a great mixing pot of awesome people. But people were still intimidating. People would often say to me, die. You know what? I'll start coming, but not until I'm a little fitter. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, like, <laughs> I, I'm not going to start training with you guys or working out with you guys in the community until I feel yeah. that I'm fitter. And I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's the wrong idea yeah. or wrong way to look at this. Yeah. So, you know, those are some examples and, and yeah. some things that worked really well. But you know what? It's hard, man. As you yeah. know already, Lorenz, mindset shifts are, are, are really hard yeah. to make. Yeah. You know, they are. Yeah, you're, because um, when you're going to the gym, I remember... My only goal was to lose weight, but you were talking about, mm. you were talking about, you know, um, 
it's doing something else to your brain. Like it's doing something else to your your uh, your overall uh, well being, right? So I think you're shifting from like, oh, I want to lose weight, um, because if if you do focus on that, then you can't expect results within a few days, right? So that's um, right. Yeah. When, when you have that different mindset, and I think a lot of people don't realize this when they're you know starting um, uh, a fitness journey. Um, I want I want to ask you what's what's the number one reason why people would quit like a fitness um routine that they just joined what what's the number one thing it, it's they, they focus too much on the training not enough time on the recovery mm. that, that's ultimately what it comes down to people either get hurt yeah. they they work themselves too hard so they get to a point where now their body's really sore and all of a sudden that extra day or two days or three day off turns into oh i'm just not going back you know mm, and yeah. uh, i i see that a lot you know, people just overdo it right at the get-go. You know, even with my clients, like, it's so funny. Mm-hmm. They'll come to me and they'll start working with me. Like, pretty much for the first month, I have more or less than just walking. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. it's really, and people, they get to a point eventually, you know, three, four weeks in and working with me. They're like, can I please go to the gym? Can I work out? Can I do some weights? And I'm mm-hmm. like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, you know? Yeah. And, and because you want to build a really solid foundation first. Get the body optimal. Yeah. Make sure you get nutrition in a good place. Get your sleep patterns in a good place. Make sure you're drinking adequate water every day. Just drinking that, uh, you know, enough water every day. Man, it's amazing. Like, and you know this because ketosis, when we're in yeah. that, is naturally diuretic. You've got to be drinking lots of fluids and replacing electrolytes or else you get the headache, mm. right? You yeah. get a really big headache, uh, typically speaking, and um, depending mm. on the level of ketosis you're in. Uh, mm. But, you know, these little tiny things, like they seem so insignificant on their own yeah but when you put them all together and you realize it's just me living my life these are habits that you want to be doing so just start doing them and because there are also habits you'll never regret doing you know i've never had someone say to me oh die you asked me to eat that big salad today with that cedar plank salmon on it man i really regret eating that you know like i've never had that from a client i've never had a client say die that workout you programmed for me today i really regret that i went to the gym and did it mm. It, you know, there's things that we do that we regret. There's things that we never regret. Well, ask yourself, what are the habits that if I do for myself, I'll never regret? Mm. Do more of that, you know? Yeah. Just do more of that. Like, you already know it's the right thing to be doing. Yeah. And, and if you're finding it really hard to get started or to keep going, that's where community is really critical. Yeah. yeah. You know? It really is. I, I love it when you said, like, small changes. Because you overwhelm yourself mm-hmm. in the beginning. You're not... <laughs> it's, oh. it's not going to be sustainable for you. You're... You're probably yeah. gonna yeah, you overwork yourself and your body's gonna be sore for the next few weeks and you're you just wanna don't wanna do it anymore. And that that's just the cycle of it, right? Yeah. We we've we've seen that yeah. so many times with people with, with diet and with fitness. Both. Sure. Right? So we got to think about what does diet mean, right? It's just a yeah. way of nourishing ourselves, really. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, the diet culture has has shifted mm. the understanding of that word, and and culture has taken over. You know, like just the the common belief or, or, or yeah. ideation around diet the term diet just we instinctively think it's synonymous with weight loss mm. right and uh which i which i think is really unfortunate yeah you know it really is the ketogenic is a form of a diet it's a form of eating paleo is a way of eating you know these are all just ways of eating but we're so quick to vilify food and make food a moral conversation 
Mm-hmm. But food's never held a gun to my head and said, eat me, please. You know, <laughs> like I've never had that happen. <laughs> I've never seen a food that is That's by true. nature evil, right? Or good. There are certain things that are more in alignment with the life that we want. And there's some things that will take us away. will actually slow our progress from achieving the life that we want, the health that we want. I always invite people to look at food that way. Mm. This is a food that I know if I eat it, it's going to make me feel good. It's sustained mm. energy. I, I know I don't regret eating this way. Sheesh, this is something that I could eat every day and, and it makes me feel good. Oh, mm. this thing over here though, mm-hmm. you know, that extra piece of cake that I'm going for, or extra piece of pie or the extra round of food, which you don't need. You got <laughs> enough calories in the first round. You know, (laughs) those are things that just aren't required, aren't needed. It's extra. And that extra has got to go somewhere. It doesn't just disappear into the ether. It gets stored in our body, you know. And and most of us are in a constant state of storage, right? Because we're always overeating. It's like we're overpacking for travel. And it's like you've overloaded your suitcases. You're going to Mexico for a nice summer vacay. And you've packed all these long pants and long shirts. And you're like, dude, it's Mm. 35 degrees Celsius there. What are you packing all this warm stuff for? Yeah. You know, like, um, and, and it's the same with our weight, right? We eat all these extra calories. We got to store it yeah. just in yeah. case there's ever that famine, right? And when was the last time we had a famine? You know, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but this is our DNA that we're fighting against, right? Yeah. Is, is a millennia of programming. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we, we got to learn to play with it, not against it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you, we would think that bad, small bad decisions can't, can't snowball from there, but... Uh, not the case. Not the case. Yeah. Um, some people can make, you know, the excuse about not having enough time to exercise or do things yeah. to stay healthy because they're so busy with, you know, <laughs> schoolwork or whatever the case may be. On the other hand, you're here raising your kids, got a family, got your own business. You have accomplished these incredible feats while doing other things. What enables you to do all of these things? Well... First on the time thing, uh, you know, my whole life fitness manifesto, the, my, it's my basic lifestyle mm. prompts for people. Uh, I mean, it's all set on the idea of 2% of every 24 hours. If you do the math, that's only 30 minutes a day. Mm. But I give people a process that if they do it for 28 days straight, 30 minutes a day, I've never seen anybody not get great results. But remember, it's just a starting point because people often say, oh, I only have to do 30 minutes a day. That's it. I'm like, hey, it's the least you're worth. You know, like it's the least that you should do for yourself. Yeah. Um, but of course, if you once that confidence and that belief in oneself and, and, and once you start seeing results, it's a lot. There's more of a pull now mm. rather than you having to push yourself to do something. Now you're actually pulled to do it. I remember I got to a place when I started to lose the weight where I got really excited. I was like, wow, this is working. I'm making it work. I want to do more of it, you know, and, and that natural excitement and connection to to what we're doing uh, allows us to then even well, it allows us to speed up the process, you know, internally. Um, back to your question, though, that, that uh, how, how did you ask it there? You were asking... Um, what, what enables you to do all of these things yeah. while, while other people make, well, you know... I sleep six hours a night. Mm. I'm a six-hour night sleeper. Like, six hours for me is perfect. Like, I'm good. Six, sometimes I'll sleep seven if I'm feeling a little depleted, mm. but rarely do I go beyond seven. But mm. typically, I average six hours a night. And, you know, some people will tell me, oh, well, you know, that's not healthy. And I'm like, well, no, you have to understand at the place where I am from a health standpoint, six hours is more than enough for me to recharge my batteries. 
and and I monitor everything, especially my HRV, heart rate variability, which if people aren't familiar with heart rate variability, please look it up. It's the one thing I encourage everyone to start monitoring because it's a sign of your central nervous system, also a sign of when you're either well recovered or under recovered. It's a real great indicator of stress and chronic stress in the body. Um, we can dive deeper into that, but uh, I don't think we'll have the time today, but I can provide some links to some articles I've written on this, but I, I do encourage everybody to monitor HRV. Anyways, I monitor mine. I'm always in a go zone, a green zone, a well good zone, uh, which is just another sign that I'm getting plenty of, of adequate rest and recovery because that's important to me. You know, it's important for me to show up as my best self, uh, my, my most connected self. I, I need to be well rested. I need to manage the overwhelming stress, especially because of my, my past and, and, and I have dealt with chronic anxiety and a lot of other mental health challenges and and it's important to be there but here's the thing lorenz six hours a night people would often ask me like i I built my own personal brand i built my corporate brand you know the corporate brand we built up to about 10 million a year Uh, my personal brand has grown to be a global brand and uh not to brag but i also you know both kids i also was diagnosed with a chronic autoimmune disease at the same time needed multiple bone marrow biopsies as well as lots of work with different hematologists. Like, I don't talk about this, but listen, I live with chronic state of of immune dysfunction. That's me. But because of my lifestyle choices and the way I choose to live my life, the way that I I eat and nourish myself, the kind of relationships that I have, how I manage stress and anxiety, Mm -hmm. 99% of the symptoms that most people with my advanced case, it doesn't show up. And, And that's only a sign because I'm doing these other things, which keeps those symptoms at bay keeps me in a good state of health. But here's the thing. Even while I was building my last company and scaling it up, (laughs) those extra two hours a day allowed me the time to do my own workouts, any meditation or journaling or creative writing, blogging, content creation, marketing. I mean, two hours a day when you extrapolate over a whole year. Now imagine this. I've been doing this since I was about 18 years old, these extra two hours a day. Two hours a day over a a period of 52 weeks, works out to almost a full month. It's like I get 13 months a year, Lorenz. Okay? Most people don't realize that, but that is the compounding effect of time. Mm. But I'm using those extra two hours a day to work on myself as well as other side projects. Mm. Because it's my time. Yeah. Doesn't eat into the family's time. Doesn't eat into my my primary business time. Mm -hmm. It, It was my time. And... That's how I was able to do a lot. I mean, what would you do if you had 13 months a year? If you had one extra month a year, what would you do with that month? Here's the thing. A lot of people do realize that in their calendars, they have the ability to carve out at least an extra hour a day for themselves. Mm -hmm. They do. I know they can. Because I know statistically, people are spending more than 30 hours a week on screens. In particular, like Netflix or video streaming screens. 30 hours, I mean, that's a couple hours a day. Easy. So... I'm not saying give up that. I'm saying give me half of it. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I want yeah. half of your TV time for you to invest in yourself. Okay, yeah. you okay with that? Okay, I can do yeah. that. But then yeah. you start to realize that one hour a day, you mm-hmm. compound that over a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally weeks of self-care. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I believe people deserve that. So mm-hmm. it, it's really getting control of your time and not trying to manage time, but learn to manage commitments. Yeah, yeah. You know, so these are all things that I work through and um, I do have some tutorials on time blocking and I'm a big fan of time blocking. If you really struggle with finding the time or creating time for yourself or in fact, taking time back for yourselves, um, I do encourage people to to check out my time blocking strategy. It will help a lot. Mm, Yeah. If you look at it that way, 
that's huge. That's Massive. something that you could use to uh, build a build your own brand, build a business, you know, build you know an empire on the side while doing all of these other things, man. Like that's the key, man. Like even that that's powerful even for somebody that has this excuse barriers like if you tell, told somebody mm -hmm. that you you have a, another month for yourself just spending two hours a day an extra two hours a day just just carving out some time from your tv time <laughs> that's I, it's, the, people have the time they yeah, have it yeah they Start all have it i don't care who you are like i work with a lot of high level ceos and mm -hmm. founders and listen these are people that are very type a they don't like it when I call them out on it, but I call them out on it. Mm. I do. I have no problem doing that. I'm like, listen, I don't care how busy you think you are. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If you don't make time for your health, nobody else will. I don't know about you, Lawrence. I've mm. not found a job or a company that's willing to pay me to just do self-care. <laughs> so you want to pay me to look after myself? Awesome. I'm in. I'll sign the contract <laughs> right now. It doesn't work like that, right? It doesn't. It, it's self-care. The key word being self. Yeah. You know? And... Even the CEOs and the founders, right down to the, the the most junior of roles in an organization, you know, they're all dealing with the same amount of time, you know, and they often are dealing with the same challenges. It just might be at, at different stages. And, and I always say this because you know we're so much more alike than we are different. If people would just start opening up and talking, <laughs> you know, yeah, and yeah. sharing a bit more authentically and being more transparent. And the first place that we got to start doing that's on social. You know, we really do. This is all so powerful for people, man. I love this for 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 the listeners right now. Um, <laughs> what's the biggest challenge you ever come across in your life? Oh man, mm -hmm. well, there's been a lot, Lawrence. But if uh, last year I did a TEDx talk, and mm. uh, in that talk I shared about my my it was gosh my biggest struggle as an adult from from about age 17 on which is really interesting you remember you asked me about the emotional eating aspect and that's how i learned to manage stress and anxiety mm -hmm. and actually it wasn't so much manage it it was just distract yeah. myself you know if i ate certain foods watched certain movies played certain video games i wouldn't have to think about the challenges but as soon as i stopped doing those activities those habits all those thoughts and feelings would come back right so mm -hmm. yeah, i was in this constant state of trying to avoid those well, here's the thing. I learned healthy ways to get my health on, on track. But I was still dealing with a lot of those mental health challenges. And I hadn't dealt with those or the root causes of those. I started to associate with certain people in high school. And I learned pretty quickly that if I have a couple drinks, I was able to open up. That social anxiety that I was struggling with would melt away. I could be somebody different. And I realized that it was also giving me the same sort of emotional release that I was getting with the food. Mm. So all I did was switch food with alcohol. Mm. That spiraled and got worse and worse. And, uh, you know, 15 years into it, by the time I got into my early 30s, it, it, it had become quite unruly. Where I was living a split life and my alcohol consumption, uh, it, it, I was abusing it in a big way. And sometimes it led to narcotic use as well. Not, not in character for me, but when I drink, I was different. I was a different person. And I did things I'm not proud of. And that was the, one of the biggest shifts I've ever made in my life. It was one of the most challenging, but it was also the most rewarding because this is going back now 12 years ago. I made the decision to stop drinking. It opened up a whole world for me, mm -hmm. you know, of possibilities. I ended up exiting out of a business I thought I'd be in for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I built a global brand, traveled the world with my family, gave a TEDx talk, published a book, you know, built another business and sold it. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I've done all these things over the last 12 years, mm -hmm. but 
man, when I got rid of the alcohol, it freed up a lot of money, time, and energy. Mm. You know? like, it, And it was amazing because it, it really brought me into this place of creativity. But, you know, stopping a, a habit like that is not easy. And I know there's lots of uh-huh. people struggling with these. Whether it be food, pornography, gambling, drugs, smoking, right? Tobacco. I mean, there's lots of ways that we've learned to cope with, with the overwhelm of life, you know? Yeah. And, but there are healthier ways to deal with it. But we just have to start. And uh, mm. that was one of the biggest challenges. I, and, I, you know, I won't tell you the whole story. I'd rather just people go watch the TEDx talk. It's only 12 yeah. minutes long. But I go through the whole story. But then I also talk about some of the things that helped me get through it. Mm. And, and ultimately on the other side. And uh, one of which, the most important mm. thing, was learning to be comfortable with being vulnerable mm. when appropriate. Mm. You know, not, not for shock and awe and being vulnerable mm. to say, hey, look at me. Look at me. Mm. No. I'm vulnerable in order to try to help and role model. Mm. Me too. I've had those challenges as well. You're not alone. Mm. You know, yeah. create connection and understanding and more importantly, community. Mm. Um, but it's not an easy thing and there's a lot of negative connotations no. around the word vulnerability. So I, I'm, I'm really trying to lead mm. a conversation to mm. help people reimagine what vulnerability means yeah. to them and see yeah. it as a skill, mm-hmm. not as something to be af- uh, afraid of, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. I, I commend everybody that's uh, come on the show because they have something in their life in the past that they're not proud of, right? Yeah. And But they're willing to share it for the good of, uh, to help others, to, yes. you know, to impact somebody. Even if it's one person that you impact, that's huge. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, right. like somebody can, you know, get impacted by your story and that resonates with them, right? So that's huge. I thank you so much for being vulnerable here on my show, man. Like, I appreciate it. Um, I want to talk to you about the book that you've uh, written a few years back. That book, um, what did you hope to accomplish writing this book? I know you mentioned a few things mm-hmm. um, in, in your mission, but what, what did you hope, what other things that you hope you hope to accomplish? Well, as I told you, you know, mm-hmm. being in someone that's been in the health and wellness space for so long, I've seen and heard every excuse you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Every excuse. I've had a lot of them myself, okay? Uh, Full disclosure. (laughs) And I'm not not immune to making excuses, okay? Uh, It's a human quality. We all have it. But it can get in the way, right? It really can. It can slow us down. It can actually impede us or or stop us entirely from actually doing what we want to do. At least deep down, we've said we want to do it, and then we're not following through. And so we create these excuses to try to lessen the negative mindset that might be mm-hmm. attached to that, right? Our, our, our perspective on ourselves might be, oh, I'm a failure. I'm not good enough. You know, and that's what happens when we, we, <laughs> we start to feel that way, right? right. When we say, I, I start something, then I give up on it, or I stop doing it. And uh, we can't help it. That's just how we feel. And, and, and so when I wrote the book, after dealing with literally thousands of people up to that point, before I even wrote the book, uh, <laughs> we were able to take a lot of the best practices and things that I had observed in all my coaching and training, as well as dealing with all my clients and customers through my last company, you, you know, and just even conversations with some of the people within the community. Mm-hmm. I was able, with, along with my wife, to really start to recognize the patterns. But more importantly, also recognize if these people are using this type of excuse, Here's the best strategy to help them overcome that or work through it. You know, it's not a matter of avoiding the challenge. It's a matter of actually working through it to solve it. Yeah. Or, or learn to, to function regardless of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And 
that's what we did. And, and so we set out to, to really deal with all these objections that we'd heard. And what we put together, which is the book, The Whole Life Fitness Manifesto, it teaches people very simply how to manage 30 minutes a day mm. to provide great results physically, mentally, and emotionally. Mm. And, and I'd go as far as say even spiritually. Now, now that's not, uh, you know, it's non-denominational when I'm saying that, it, it, but, you know, this idea of, of contribution and impact and fulfillment in our own lives, and I believe that's really where the spiritual element comes into our lives, you know, this, this wanting something more than ourselves, right? As I always say, for me, the day that I die on the deathbed, I want to be able to look mm -hmm. back and say, you know what? I'm leaving here better than it was when I got here. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. that is my goal. And, uh, and I know spirituality allows me to tap into that energy. So th those are a couple reasons why the book came to be. But it was also just I, I needed to give somebody something to start with. Mm. You Because know, people would often say, what do I need to do? What should I start doing? What shouldn't I be doing? I'm like, gosh, mm. like, there's so much. And it's not, it's very unique to the individuals typically. So the, the framework in the book is such that it really accommodates anybody. Mm. It really does. And I know I've had past coaches like, well, you should really niche it. And I'm like, I don't need to niche it. We're all humans. We got bodies and we have health or we don't have it. Mm. I'm giving people a process that if they start doing these things, they're going to start to reclaim a lot of that health. Mm. And that opens up a whole world of possibilities. Mm. You know? But I let that, them figure that out. I give them lots of life coaching throughout the book and lots of exercises to help yeah. them gain the clarity, but also start to build the confidence. So not only do they know what kind of action to take, they actually start to take the action and keep taking the action. Yeah. yeah. So for, that for was the purpose of the book. For anyone that's, uh, you know, fi finding any reason to start, um, I'm going to link the book down below so you guys can check that out, man. If, you know, I, I only heard great things. I only heard great things. You know, people, you know, started springing to action right away. Like everybody was saying that. Um, so props and, and congratulations about that book. Um, I, I want to ask you for our last question. Sure. Why do you do what you do, Dai? You know, a lot of the reasons just it, it makes you feel really good. Mm -hmm. Like I, I feel, I, let me put it this way. There's a... Um, a writer and speaker, uh, researcher, you know, he's a historian first and foremost, uh, Joseph Campbell. And he coined the term the hero's journey. And the hero's journey is this idea that we're all on a journey. And you look at all the stories that we could ever read, all the movies that we could ever watch, there's usually some sort of plot line and there's a story and there's an arc in that story. But there's always a protagonist or a hero in the story. There's usually a villain, sometimes there's a victim. And then occasionally we also get a guru or a guide, a mentor, a teacher, you know. And if you recognize these four roles, we actually wear the hat of all those roles at any given time in our own life. Mm -hmm. But we all want to be the hero. We want to overcome. Mm -hmm. We want to be better. We mm -hmm. want to grow. We want to ascend, right, to, to a better version. And, but life gets in the way sometimes. It just does. Mm -hmm. And when I think about what Joseph Campbell used to say, he would ask people, what's your bliss? Mm -hmm. Or more importantly, are you following your bliss? People would be like, well, what do you mean by that? And he goes, well, are you choosing to live a life that allows you to maximize your experience of joy, happiness, mm -hmm. and fulfillment? Mm -hmm. And so when you think about that, it's like, hey, when I'm living my life, am I mm -hmm. attaining that? Is that the direction I'm going? The things that I'm doing, does it provide me that? And I can tell mm -hmm. you, yes, for me. Yes, I experience joy, I experience happiness, mm. and I feel extremely fulfilled doing the things that I do. Mm. It's very much in alignment with not only my values of who I am, but also who I want to be.
And, and that's why I do what I do. That's perfect. That's perfect, man. Like, I, I already know you're going to accomplish uh, your mission. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Dai, for sharing your story, being vulnerable with us today. Um, it, did you miss anything, Dai? Um, <laughs> no. You know what? I, I just, I, I really appreciate what you're putting out to the world, Lorenz. You, you know, these types of conversations I know aren't always readily available or, or easy to have, but they're important to have. And, mm-hmm. and I, I really appreciate that you're putting together not only this podcast, but a platform that really caters mm-hmm. to supporting people where they're at, mm-hmm. but also providing them examples of what's possible just by shifting perspective and doing a couple little things different than mm-hmm. maybe how, what they'd done before. And mm-hmm. uh, so I just want to say thank you and uh, absolutely grateful for the opportunity mm-hmm. to be here today to connect mm-hmm. with you and the audience. And uh, yeah. if anybody has any questions, just reach out to me, you know, just reach out. Mm, Matt, I thank you so much for that. And I appreciate you coming on and it's my pleasure to have you on. And I, I enjoy this. Like I've learned a lot from you and your energy is, you know, contagious, man. Like, uh, <laughs> like everybody was saying, man, like die, you are, uh, you, you are a blessing to everyone. Um, you know, thank you for sharing your story, being vulnerable. Check out uh, Dai. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll put all the, I'll put the, uh, his, his uh, socials down below so you guys can check him out. Um, Dai, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Lorenz, thank you. Likewise, my man. If I can be of any service to you, uh, please know, reach out anytime. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to another great episode here on the Ketones and Coffee podcast. And we've had such a pleasure of hosting yet another amazing guest here, guys. If you're eager to learn more about the secrets of succeeding on the ketogenic lifestyle, be sure to check out the show notes. As a special treat for our loyal listeners, I'm offering an exclusive opportunity for a free consultation call. Discover how you can achieve success on the ketogenic lifestyle by simply referring to the details provided in the show notes. Take advantage, guys, of this unique chance to enhance your journey to a healthier you. And stay tuned for more captivating episodes. And until next time, guys, keep embracing the power of ketones.